Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson, and with my usual co-host Morgan Glennon taking some time off to prepare for her wedding this week. McGurk! Hey, McGurk! Hey, has anyone seen McGurk around here? Uh, what is happening? Who are you? Why, I'm uh, Mr. Meekshith Pitalik. Uh, nice to meet you. I, I'm from the fifth dimension, and I came here to learn more about your whole podcasting thing in this universe. Okay, okay. Well, I, I don't understand. What are you doing here? Are you trying to take over this live stream? I possibly. Is that, is that a good thing to do? Is this where you keep the pods? Oh, okay. Oh, look, okay. Buttons. I love these buttons. I love pushing all these buttons. Oh, oh these okay. So awesome. Okay. What, what are you doing here? This guy is handsome. Oh my gosh, Miksha Spitalik, what are you doing? You better not be messing with any of my other stuff. Are you? Oh, wait a second. I see. Oh, is this a doc over here? Hold on. Oh, oh this is going to be good. You, you better this not. This is going to be Meeksy. good. Oh, I'm, I'm typing. I love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. I you love You better typing. not. Do not erase anything. Oh, I I'm just going to. too hard and research too much to be, have that being erased and gotten rid of. Hey, my co- my cousin Miksha's Pitalik's name is in this doc a lot. I'm going to delete it and put it Miksha's Pitalik oh, instead. Okay, okay. That is it. That is it, Meeksy. That is it. I cannot have you taking over this live stream and messing with my Google Docs. I don't so, see how you're going to stop me, young lady. Okay, here's here's the thing, Meeksy. If you're going to take over this live stream and you're going to make it your live stream, we need to make it look really professional. Because here on Supergirl Radio, we do live streams very professionally. We try to make everything look really, really good. So I, what oh, I'm going to see that. Yeah, these lower thirds and you got the bug up there and everything. Yeah, that's nice. That's they look nice. good, right? Even from the yeah, fifth dimension, you can appreciate that. So here's here's this looks our, good even in audio. Oh, okay. So I'm going to, all right, Meeksy, here's the thing. Uh, we need to correct your lower third because I don't think it's quite right. We need to make sure it's really right before you can, you continue I on and take over Supergirl Radio. I think that's my name, right? Meeksy is fiddling. Yep. yep no, yep. I, I think we need to fix it. So, so uh, I'm going to need okay. you to uh, type this key. Okay. All right. You got okay. that key. All right. This one. Okay. Uh, yeah, over okay. here, over here. Yep. Okay, onto yep. the left, yep. over to there, the right. We, you, we got that one. We got that one. I'll get this one over here. Yep, yep, okay. yep. Okay, okay, okay. That is perfect. I think we've got it now. I think we have got your name spelled correctly in the lower third. Looks okay. Great. Let me just, let me just check it here. Uh, kill tip Z scheme. Oh my goodness! Ah! Oh, you guys. Oh, I am so relieved. We finally got rid 
of that pest, Mikshas Pitalik. I am so, he was messing with all of my stuff, all my overlays, my Google Docs. You do not screw with my Google Docs. So I am so glad that we got rid of Mikshas Pitalik, unexpected visitor for this episode of Supergirl Radio. So uh, I, 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 it's weird. I, I knew, so I expected someone to join me because I, I was hoping that my Bill, my friend Bill Meeks uh, would join me, but unexpectedly, uh, this fifth uh, fifth dimensional imp showed up. Uh, oh, oh, oh you guys, Rebecca. Oh, oh, thank goodness. Thank I heard, I goodness. heard, I heard that there was someone in here by my computer. My motion alarm went off. What was that about? I'm so glad you showed up because there was this imp who came and he tried to take over it, everything, it, and he was what, such a nuisance. Was it, what, was it Meeksh's Pitalik? It was Meeksh's Pitalik. That little imp, he's he's always messing with me. He's, you know, he's coming onto my podcast when I'm not there. He's he's rewriting my books when I'm not looking. It, it it's insane. I, I'm glad you got him to go away. You tricked him, right? Tricked yeah, him into yeah. saying you his have, name backwards. You have you have to trick him to get him to go back to the fifth dimension. So uh I'm, oh, what a relief. He was such he, such a pest. He'll be there for at least 90 minutes now. Yes. Well, <laughs> maybe 90 seconds. I'm not sure of the conversion. Well, well, we'll, we'll see if he comes back. Uh if we if he does, we know how to get rid of him. Uh so so now uh, I think we can uh, start Supergirl Radio now that we've gotten rid of Meeks Pitalik and everything is okay. Uh, so Absolutely. Bill Meeks is uh, going to be joining me uh, for this episode of Supergirl Radio to talk about Mixes Pitalik, uh, not Meeks Pitalik, Mixes Pitalik and his character. Subtle history. distinction. Subtle distinction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, so we're going to be talking about the character history of uh, the uh, most infamous. Uh, fifth dimensional imp in DC comics. We're going to go through some comic book stories and then we're going to go through some animated stuff and some live action, including Supergirl. So uh, we've got a lot to cover, Bill. So I think maybe I, we I was should telling get started. You, yeah, I was telling you, Rebecca, before we started, I've consumed all of this mixtures pilot content today. I am like <laughs> Odin on the fifth dimension right now. There there might be such a thing as too much mixy. I don't I don't know. I didn't think so before today. Now I see the point. <laughs> so be careful if you dig into Mixie's history. You don't want to overindulge on <laughs> Small portions are best. Yes, yes. Well, we will be seeing more of Mixie and some other fifth dimensional imp imps, including Mixley, in the sixth and final season of Supergirl. So we're going to use this episode of Supergirl Radio to learn more about this Superman family villain. Normally, he's portrayed as a villain. Sometimes he sometimes he helps some characters out, uh, but mostly he just comes and uh, screws around with people and, and has a he's little a fun. Trickster. <laughs> he's, he's a, a trickster. trickster. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Mixie was created by Jerry Siegel, who was the the writer and Joe Schuster, uh, the artist on his first appearance. And of course, these are the uh, co-creators. I guess they're both co-creators of Superman. So uh, his first appearance, Mixie's first appearance was from Superman number 30 from September, October 1944 in a story titled The Mysterious Mr. Mix, uh, Mix, uh, yes, Tiplik. So we're going to talk about there's there's a spelling change that goes on in DC Comics. He originally uh, the the name was originally spelled as M X Y Z T P L K. Uh, so that was in, in his first appearance. That's how the name was spelled. The name was spelled differently than it is today in that issue. And Superman number one thirty uh, one from nineteen fifty nine. 
uh, when uh, Supergirl made her debut appearance uh, in 1959, the spelling of Mikshaspilik's name changed uh, by some accounts through a mistake. Some people believe the the misspelling and the, the spelling change was due to a mistake. Uh, it changed to Mikshaspilik, like we know today, M-X-Y-Z-P-T-L-K in Super, uh, Superman number 131. According to Wikipedia, after the establishment of DC Comics' multiverse in the 1960s, it was later explained that the purple-suited Mikshaz Pitalik, uh, the T and the P are transposed to slightly alter the name, uh, lives in the fifth dimension connected to Earth 2, and the orange costume Mikshaz Pitalik in the fifth dimension connected to Earth 1. The Earth 1 version is also retconned into Superboy stories. It's the young, red-haired master Mikshaz Pitalik who bedevils Superboy during his youth in Smallville. So I hope I hope you uh, really retained all that information. Not complicated at all. Uh, I, I've al- I've always assumed that it was like an error on the copy press or something. Like like when they went to publish the next Mixie story and they swapped the letters or something, and they were okay. We'll just roll with that then for the next <laughs> seventy years. Some somebody just did not pay attention to that first appearance, and they just uh, spelled it a different way, and it stuck. I guess. <laughs> uh, so uh, Mixus Pitalik is a fifth dimensional imp. He's from the uh, the fifth dimension. That's where he resides, uh, unless he comes to, to play in the third dimension and mess with people. Uh, he has gone by uh, some other names as well. Master Mikshaz Pitalik, like we talked about, and an alias named Ben DeRoy. Uh, ben DeRoy was an um, ob- ooh, this is a hard word to say for me, omnipotent mystery man resembling the Beyonder who was threatening the Marvel Universe around the same time. So uh, there's a little uh, competition there, I think, between DC and Marvel uh, kind of copying each other, which they did quite a bit uh, throughout the history. I I think they're connected by the fifth dimension. That's like a junction point between universes. That makes sense. Uh, Let's let's go with that. That's that's how we're going to (laughs) explain that. Uh, So as far as Mixie's uh, abilities, he can manipulate Manipulate reality. He's not bound by third dimensional laws in our reality. He can alter 3D laws in a manner that resembles magic. So when Mixie does his thing, it looks like magic. He uh, has the ability to break the fourth wall along with retconning abilities. Uh, so he was doing Deadpool before Deadpool was doing Deadpool. Right, right. Uh, so Mixie has, uh, he's very powerful. We'll, we'll talk about that in some of these stories uh, that we're going to talk about, but he is a very, very powerful character. Uh, I, I'd say, I'd say probably the most powerful character in Superman's rogues gallery. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, do not underestimate him by his impish <laughs> appearance. He's a very powerful character. All right. So well, it, it's always the goofy ones you got to watch out for. It's always the goofy ones. Uh, so in his first appearance in a uh, Superman number 30, which again was in 1944 in his first appearance, it was in a story titled the mysterious Mr. Mixes Pedelic with the original spelling. We first meet Mixie as he walks distracted as he reads a new newspaper with backwards type across a busy street. A driver can't stop in time and ends up hitting Mixie with his car. While everyone gathered around, including medical professionals, is concerned about his well-being, Mixie sits up and starts talking to them, unbothered by the accident, and then steals the ambulance, which he then drives up the side of a building and explodes in space. And the next time we see Mixie, he interrupts a statue unveiling inside the uh, Metropolis Museum by yelling for someone named McGurk, who he has an appointment with. 
with. Uh, and this is something we'll see later on in his history. So hold on to this little part of the story. When the statue is finally unveiled, Mixie recognizes the statue as McGurk. So he found McGurk. He was looking for McGurk and then he found him as a statue. And the statue comes alive and walks out with Mixie. Uh, while Mixie has been f having fun uh, tricking swimmers in a neighborhood swimming a neighborhood swimming pool uh, back at the Daily Planet, though, Lois Lane wonders if she and Clark Kent would investigate the reports of an odd little man raising havoc. Clark dismisses her idea, saying, naturally not. Put those tall yarns down to the heat and several overactive imaginations. Uh, Clark would rather do stories on what the city council is up to uh, for some reason. I mean, I would go after the Mixie story, but but he really wants to know what the city council is well, doing. Well, you know, Clark Kent has, has, a, has a, a different kind of standard for what's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So Clark Kent, more involved in the city council business. When Mayor Gerard uh, starts hee-hawing like, like a donkey, uh, Mixie appears and asks for someone to, uh, to get him bandages so he can help the mayor. And by help, Mixie meant that he was going to wrap the mayor in bandages like a, a mummy. Clark Kent sees all this go down and starts to think that there might be something to Lois's suggestion to look into, as Clark says, uh, quote, the little chap who worked weird miracles, unquote. <laughs> so a Superman does arrive on the scene and tries to apprehend Mixie, but Mixie flies out of the window, something that surprises Superman, who thought he was the only one who could fly. And the next time Superman encounters Mixie is when Mixie builds a road, because that's what, you know, Mixie could do that. Uh, <laughs> that. And he builds a road that the city council was discussing. That's why it's important to uh, know what the city council is doing. But he builds a road into a lake and away from its normal path, which seems like that's not going to help anybody. This time around, though, uh, Superman is he's starting to lose it and he threatens to pulverize the imp. He uses the word pulverize. Superman super kicks Mixie into the sky and fixes the road construction that Mixie was working on. And when Superman gets back to the newspaper building, he discovers that Mixie is to blame for thousands of paper scraps flooding the city. Mixie's reasoning for this is that he thought it would be fun to sabotage the city's cleanup week campaign. Now the second attempt at messing with the city council's plans. This results in them blowing super breath at each other, a strange sight that even the comic excels the comic itself recognizes as weird. Uh, when Mixie disappears, though, Superman is alerted by citizens that all transportation, streetcars, buses, autos, etc., have stopped running. This seems like it's attributed to Mixie's mischief, but it's not directly stated. Figuring that Mixie's next event to be attacked is a circus parade in the city, Superman goes to warn the mayor. As Superman predicted, Mixie controls the circus animals to attack the mayor. Superman intervenes to stop this chaos and put all of the animals back in their cages. So when a Superman finally gets a chance to ask Mi Mixie what kind of being he is and where he's from, Mixie informs him that he's from another dimension. Mixie explains that his, quote, full-time activity in this other world was in the nature of a court jester, unquote. Mixie tells Superman of two magic words, one that would transport him into this dimension, and the other, if spoken aloud, would return him to this world, for a t uh, to his world, the fifth dimension, for a time. But Mixie doesn't want to get back to his world. He'd rather hang on the third dimension. He's interested in conquering and ruling Superman's dimension as a king. Mixie's downfall into saying his name backwards is that he looked down on three-dimensional beings as stupid. He gloats over the fact that Superman couldn't trick him into saying uh, kill tipsy's him, K-L-P-T-Z-Y-X-Z 
uh, M in this issue, and he ends up saying it anyway. Even though Mixie has now returned to his dimension, he has one final trick up his sleeve. He rewrites Clark's story on Mayor Gerard to ridicule Lois Lane's lovely new hat, and she is <laughs> not happy with Clark about it. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, uh, Bill, had you read uh, this issue before? Absolutely. Actually, this this story was my introduction to Mixius Pitalik because uh, it was uh, it was included in the Superman Encyclopedia, which was a 1970s uh, book that had like you know entries on every villain, every hero, every friend of Superman, and it had several comic book stories in it too. So I remember going up to the library when I was staying with my grandma for a week when I was like. 11 or 12. And I was like, I really like this Superman show, Lois and Clark. I'm going to go read some comics about it. And I went and picked it up and I was like, what the heck is this? Like, this is just like <laughs> the most bonkers idea I've ever seen. And I absolutely love it. Uh, just this absurd character who comes in and just, uh, he's like a, a Looney Tune uh, come to life. A, a little bit. He is a wacky character who can do a lot of wacky things. Uh, so that was Mixie's first comic book appearance. That's what he was up to the first time he showed up in DC Comics. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to talk about a few other comic book stories. We can't talk about all of them. There are too, ma too many Mixie. <laughs> stories there's just Absolutely. too many we don't have enough time to cover but we can talk about i think i think we're going to talk about three other comics and uh bill you had one that you wanted to bring up about one of your favorite interpretations of mixias pitalik so uh what did you want to talk about oh yeah i wanted to talk about it's from 84 or 85 right before the original crisis on infinite earth it's a story called and this might be a spoiler so you might want to forward three minutes we're we're going to spoil all of mixia's pitalic stories so fair enough fair just, enough uh, um, spoiler alert if you don't want uh, to, to know about mixie stories well it's a story called uh whatever happened to the man of tomorrow by alan moore and it purports to be the final superman story kind of uh you know, telling how Superman, you know, concludes his final adventure. And, you know, it's basically the entire story. All this crazy stuff is happening. All of his villains are coming back at him way harder than they ever did at this, in the Silver Age. He eventually gathers all of his friends and family up in the Fortress of Solitude and then come to find out the person behind all of this is Mixius Pitalik, uh, which you see here, a darker Mixius Pitalik, more of a strung out, maybe, uh, Mixius <laughs> Pitalik. And he, he goes on to explain that, uh, you know, he's he's a infinite being. He's been around for millennia, millennia. So the first couple millennia, he was good. And then the second couple of millennia, which is where we know him from in the Superman mythos, he was like, I'll be mischievous. And in this story, he decides he's going to be bad. And, uh, you know, that involves, you know, uh, affecting Superman's villains to come at him and his friends hard, you know, pushing Superman back into a corner to, to where he sort of has to act. And he does uh, right at the end of the story by killing uh, Mixia's uh, Pitalik uh, with the Phantom Zone projector because Mixia's Pitalik instinctually goes to say his name backwards to return to the fifth, to the fifth dimension when a Superman, uh, Superman's about to defeat him. And so half of them get sent to the Phantom Zone. Half of them get sent to the fifth dimension. And that's the end of Mixia's Pitalik. But I, I just, I've always loved this story. 
because it, it, it's just one of those things like Mick Shizpitalik, he pops in, he pulls some tricks, he goes away. But something you always think about him when you're reading a story about him is that this guy, if he wanted to, he could just cause complete havoc and, you know, take over the world or, or, or the universe if he wanted to. And it's re really cool in the last Superman story to see sort of the villain side of him live up to its full potential. And it also forces a decision for Superman, which really kind of says a lot about his character uh, towards the end. You know, he goes off and he walks off into the snow because he broke his oath, right? So... Yeah, this is a, a real uh, heavy thing for Superman because he 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 I don't know that he kills him directly. He was going to send him to the yeah. Phantom Zone, but just at the same time, Mixie says his name backwards and it just sort of splits him mm -hmm. apart. And, and Superman blames himself and, and uh, thinks that he killed Mixie. So it's a very, very heavy thing for Superman that, yeah, that really weighs on him. Part of my interpretation of this story has always been, too, that. Yeah, he might not have technically killed him, but by the same token, like he has gone through so much in this two part story that that he's like, OK, you know what? He's gone. I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I can't I can't do the super thing anymore, guys. I'm going to have to step away out into the snow. Yeah, if you've never read Superman, uh, what whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Uh, definitely check it out. It is it. I think it's normally considered one of the greatest Superman stories uh, ever told. So definitely give it a, a a look through and a read. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. It is a very unique take on Mick Pitalik, and he does mm -hmm. uh, become the villain that he really he really is capable of being. So that's a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, so two of the stories I wanted to discuss are actually how Mick Chespitalik uh, gets involved with Supergirl because uh, he does have some interactions with the Maid of Might. Uh, so we're going to be taking a look. The first one we're going to look at is Action Comics 291 in a story titled The Bride of Mr. Mick Chespitalik. So for Supergirl fans on the CW, this is going to look a little familiar. We'll talk a, a little bit about that. Uh, but uh, just uh, know that uh, I think season two may have borrowed some of this story. So in Action <laughs> Comics number 291 in this story, Supergirl is out on patrol pr protecting Earth while uh, Superman is visiting another planet. And while she's keeping an eye on a plane carrying nuclear bomb cargo, I guess that's what they do. Uh, Mick nice do. Uh, Misha's Pitalik turns the pilots into bizarros. Supergirl saves the pilots in the day, but Mixie has turned others into bizarro, including those of the United Nations who are now calling for war instead of peace because, you know, you know, backwards things. Uh, the bizarro thing seems to be temporary, though, because it doesn't seem to affect other people in the rest of the issue. But he does turn a bunch of people into bizarros. Uh, Supergirl tries to trick him into saying his name backwards by spelling it out. She tries to use cheerleader cards. She, you know, holds them up at a game, at a football game, but Mixie doesn't fall for it and turns her cards into snakes. He is not going to be tricked easily. He's he's fallen for these before. I think he knows her game. Supergirl <laughs> then tries to use a mind control helmet on Mixie to get him to say his name backwards, but that doesn't work either. When Supergirl tells Mixie that he's the greatest creep that ever was, Mixie proposes marriage uh, because I guess so. Uh, when you get called a creep, that is your signal to propose uh, to prove. Well, his they, they, you know, you, you you take the the creep accusation and then you yes and it by being like, okay, yeah, I am. Let's yeah, get married. I'm, the, I'm 
the biggest creep. I'm now your, your creepiest stalker. <laughs> so to prove his adoration for Supergirl, Mixie uses his magic to materialize Supergirl's Kryptonian parents who perished years ago. Zorel and Allura convince the Danvers, her adoptive parents, to give Linda slash Kara up because they just want her to be happy. So she goes to live with her Kryptonian parents. Zorel and Allura tell Supergirl that they would be proud to have a son-in-law who is a master of fifth dimensional magic. And Supergirl and Mixie's wedding is on. But before <laughs> the wedding ceremony starts, Zorel proposes a toast to Supergirl and Mixie's wedded bliss. After they all drink the punch, because <laughs> uh, I guess Zorel is in the making punch. Uh, after yep. they drink, yeah, go ahead, Bill. I was just going to say, yeah, Zorel's known for spiking the punch at every party. <laughs> yeah, he definitely spiked this punch. <laughs> After they all drink the punch, Zorel demands that Mixie say his name backwards. Mixie, unable to help himself, is required to say it. Turns out that while in the Fortress of Solitude, Zorel and Allura experimented in that laboratory there and created a Krypton truth serum that they put in the punch. Supergirl, who is now rid of Mixie, uh, but because he, uh, by his magic, brought her parents back to life, uh, Zorel and Allura fade away just like Mixie as he goes back to the fifth dimension. And with her Kryptonian parents gone, Supergirl goes back to live with the Danvers. So uh, season two of the CW Supergirl, when uh, Mixie tries to get uh, Kara to marry him, that is not the first time that has happened. It actually mm -hmm. happened in <laughs> the uh, Silver Age of Supergirl in Action Comics number 291. Well I, I I know this will probably come up a little bit later too, but Mi Mixie is very much much a, a Randy sort sort of imp, isn't he? Like uh, he he's a he, he's very much a, about the ladies. Like uh, I, I I know we have other appearances that we'll be talking about that get into this a little bit more, but he's always trying to set up a fake marriage or you know get a kiss <laughs> from somebody or something. He does. Uh, there's there's one story that I read that uh, it's referenced. Uh, that he 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 tried something with Lois Lane too. So I think he yeah, he tries to court all the DC ladies and tries uh, to get uh, them to marry him, uh, but to no avail. Although we will talk about Mixie has a girlfriend in some of these mm. iterations, so we'll we'll yes. we'll, we'll get there. So uh, so that is the first uh, story, including Supergirl, that we'll talk about. The next one that I thought uh, everyone should know about is Supergirl: Cosmic Adventures in the Eighth Grade. Uh, and so in this story, uh, Mixius Pitalik is actually the main villain in this series. He has a presence over the course of, of, of the six issues. It's a total of six issues. So he has a presence over all six issues, but not until issue number six, not until the final one, is he revealed as the big bad. Mixie disguises himself as Principal Picklemeyer, which is spelled P-Y-C-K-E-L-M-E-Y-E-R, <laughs> the principal of Stanhope Boarding School, where Supergirl Lena Luther and Belinda Z go to school. In the last issue of the series, Mixie informs Supergirl and Lena Luther that he, uh, when he was in the fifth dimension, quote, waiting for the day when he could take his quarterly sabbatical to his glorious flat three-dimensional world of, uh, to, to this glorious flat three-dimensional world of theirs, he saw Car and her mom having an argument on Argo. So he worked a little Miksha's Pitalik brand miracle and arranged for Kara's one-way trip to Earth by giving Kara a tiny mental prompt to hide in the rocket and guided it smack dab in the middle of Metropolis, uh, slamming it into Lex Luthor's stupid giant robot. And I'm going to fix my uh, headphones for a second. Ah, that's you know better. What? I, saw, I saw someone behind you. I, oh, wait, 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 ah! 
Oh, no, no, Mixie, you need to get out of here. I already sent you back to the fifth dimension, Mixie. Get out. Get out. Bring Bill back. Stop messing with the live stream. Bring Bill back in here. Okay, I'm back. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, somebody was messing with my headphones. Now it's it's explained. It was all Mixie's fault. All right, so mm-hmm. back to Cosmic Adventures in the eighth grade. So uh, so uh, after he sees Kara and her mom have a fight on Argo, he works a little Mixie's Piddle brand miracle and arranges for Kara's one-way trip to Earth by giving Kara a tiny mental prompt to hide in the rocket and guided it smack dab in the middle of Metropolis, slamming it into Lex Luthor's stupid giant robot. There's even an insinuation that Mixie went back in time to destroy all of Krypton just to get Kara where he wanted her. Mixie's big plan was to collect Kara's preteen emotions using an emotion collecting machine that he he sent to her, which she thought was a communication device to speak with her mother. Mixie confesses to creating Belinda Z, who is a kryptonite duplicate of Linda Lee, and goes by the name Superior Girl. Mixie pushed Belinda to the emotional state, uh, happy, sad, lonely, and mad, he wanted her to achieve, fine-tuning her into the perfect amplifier for Kara's own grossly inhibited emotions. All of this is going to be amplified and processed through a machine that will be his ticket to becoming the most powerful being in all creation. And thinking that he has achieved his goal, Mixie admires all of existence. He's like, oh, look at all of existence. It's beautiful. <laughs> and it's just waiting for him to play with. That is until he sees Supergirl giant hand emerging from all reality. She is able to do this because Mixie's machine utilized and magnified her emotions and energies. Mixie retreats from this supercharged Supergirl and voluntarily says his own name to escape back to the fifth dimension. But when he gets there, other imps of the fifth dimension charge him with crimes against his fellow fifth dimensional imps for breaking the rules of their game and banish him to a two-dimensional prison in the form of a child's drawing. Uh, so so there he is stuck in the child's drawing in the picture frame. Uh, and there's also a little uh, f- uh, panel in this series that uh, after seeing uh, the CW Supergirl uh, take on Mixie and It's a Super Life from season five, I thought it might be something we could bring up it just because I, I wonder if they borrowed from this story. Uh, so there is a connection to the CW Supergirl. I think uh, Mixie screens his uh, clever plans on a movie screen to Supergirl <laughs> and Lena snapping his fingers to do so. And that reminded me a lot of Mixie snapping his fingers to start his magic and using film reels and beta mix tapes <laughs> and uh, mix flicks to show moments of Supergirl and Lena's friendship in the 100th episode yeah, he, he's really a multimedia mixtures pitalic for sure uh, like in yeah. all of these stories like he's always like setting up a movie with the super friends or you know putting something up on a screen for people or publishing a newspaper or he, something he's a, like that he's a screenwriter he's a film director mm-hmm. he uh made an appearance in the twilight zone which he calls the mixie zone we'll talk about that <laughs> uh so he, he is very multimedia uh so mixie can't do that all right so the next uh time we're we're with that's that's going to kind of cover our comic book discussion uh but mm-hmm. like i said there's a lot of mixie stories out there there's some stuff with Bad might. Uh, Peter David had a really interesting take on Mixie and Young Justice number three, where he's kind of like this school bookworm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really interesting stuff. Peter David likes to play a lot with those characters. So if you want to go check that out, you can do I'll that. Also as well. th- if you don't mind, Rebecca, I'll yeah. throw in one more suggestion. And it's a, uh, I don't think we got it included here. It was crisis of the crimson kryptonite. It's I've a- heard of that. Yes. 
Yeah, it's a trade paperback. It's Mixie's first appearance post-crisis, and he teams up with Lex Luthor to uh, uh, create this weird red fake kryptonite. I, it's a really fun story, though, like a seven or eight part story. Really good stuff. Yeah, I've heard that recommended as well. I couldn't get my hands on it uh, because it's not as easily available as some other stories, but uh, that is a one to check out. I will definitely be reading that. Uh, so thank you for that recommendation. So uh, so now that we've kind of uh, covered some of the comic book uh, stories that we wanted to talk about, uh, well, let's get into some of the ways Mixie has been portrayed because uh, we talk about Mixie portrayals here on Supergirl Radio. So it might be interesting to kind of go through the history of how people have brought this character to life in the third uh the third dimension or is it second dimension with animation i i i guess it's second dimension to us third dimension to them because they have depth oh that's that's true uh so yeah. he he's in different <laughs> dimensions depending on uh what medium he goes into uh but i guess uh, the first one we could talk about is the new adventures of superman which uh, was an animated series uh and a uh, mr mixias pedelic appears in the new adventures of superman filmation series uh in the episode imp 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 practical joker not impractical <laughs> joker imp practical joker you know i you know you had the list in the doc of everything we needed to look at uh, for today. This is the only one I couldn't find because it kept pulling up Impractical Jokers, yes. the, the show on True TV. So yeah, if you, go to, if you go to YouTube and search for Imp practical joker you're gonna get uh sal and Murr and, and, <laughs> and joe uh but in the uh episode imp practical joker which originally aired on december 24th 1966 uh the character was voiced by an actor named gilbert mack and in this episode mixie wants to have a little fun so he magic he magically makes some carnival rides fly with people in them which is actually really dangerous if you think about it uh Absolutely. when when uh superman tracks down the perpetrator of the mischief mixie introduces himself to superman as mix yes piddling and tells superman that the only way he, he can go back to the fifth dimension is to say his name backwards superman pr pronounces the backwards pronunciation as kill pa zixum and later as uh mix pickle which he uh, doesn't intend to do until he's having fun at the carnival. So, uh, so Mixie wants to keep having fun. Uh, he doesn't want to go back to the fifth dimension until he's had a little fun at the carnival. So Superman tries to get Mixie to read his name backwards on a card, but Mixie doesn't fall for it. Superman then tries to use fireworks, to write Mixie's name backwards in the sky, but that doesn't work because Superman doesn't spell it correctly. Come on, <laughs> Superman. Uh, and it's only when what Mixie... was supposed to be the bad spell. Oh, I know that they, they're journalists. They should, <laughs> be able to spell these things uh to be fair it's a lot of consonants uh yeah. it's only when mixie corrects superman that he says it the right way and sends himself back to the fifth dimension with the threat that he might return in 90 days this is very typical of mixed Pitalik. you can send him back to the fifth dimension but uh he, he's there for 90 days and then he can try again yeah. uh something the else kind of typical is that uh superman or supergirl beats him by appealing to his ego and then like sweeping it out from under him as soon as he like gives into it yeah he he gets tricked just because uh they don't say it right or something and he's like no i'm gonna correct yeah. you and make sure i say mm -hmm. it right 
Uh, yeah, he that explains it to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a uh, kind of how the episode ends. Uh, just a fun fact about this show. Cause I didn't know much about it. The adventures in this new adventures of Superman series were the first time that Superman and his guys of Clark Kent and Lois Lane and Perry White had been seen in animated form since the Fleischer brothers had immortalized them in the Superman short films of the 1940s. So this was the kind of second animated version of these characters. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's a really good series overall, too. I highly recommend, just for, for fun, go watch the episode with the Luminians, the most ridiculous villains that have ever appeared in a Superman thing ever. Uh, you'll love them. Yeah, I like ridiculous villains, uh, so I'll have to check that out. <laughs> uh, the next time around, we see Mixie. Uh, he is, uh, again, in animated form on Super Friends. Uh, you can see all of Super Friends episodes on HBO Max. We love HBO Max here on Supergirl Radio. Uh, so definitely go uh, give some <laughs> Super Friend episodes a watch because it's easily available. Uh, so the first episode we're going to talk about is uh, an episode called The Rise and Fall of the Super Friends. Uh, Mixie made several appearances in this animated series of Super Friends. He was voiced by several actors from what I could tell over the course of the series. Uh, but I think most of the ones that I found were by uh, an actor. He was voiced by an actor named Frank Welker. Uh, so yeah, that's what I found too. And Frank Welker's, he, he's the voice of like uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo. I'm on, maybe Scooby too. Like he, he's done a million, million things for Hanna-Barbera. Oh, yeah. And and we should mention this was very much a Hanna-Barbera series. Uh, so I, it, I, the Internet says he was voiced by several actors. But when I looked in the credits, all I could see was Frank Welker. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm going to just attribute a lot of this to Frank Welker. Well, Frank uh, Welker is several people, so. Oh, uh, yeah, he, he could have just uh, been using different <laughs> names. So in the Super Friends episode, The Rise and Fall of the Super Friends, uh, which is season three, episode 16, if you're interested, uh, it originally aired on December 23rd, 1978. And this was, of course, Frank Welker. In this episode, robot members of the Mixias Pitalik, and in the series, uh, to note, they say his name is Mixelplik. So we're mm -hmm. going to try to, I'm going to try to remember to say Mixelplik when I read his name here. But uh, that's, robot a, that's a very common mispronunciation of Mixia's Pitalik, by the way. Like, I, I, I hear that all the time. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, Super Friends is to blame for that. Uh, robot <laughs> members of the Mixelplik gang break into the Droid Research Corporation to steal a new experimental robot. This is happening because Mixie wants to make his Hollywood debut as uh, the director of Doom with the Super Friends as his movie stars in a film titled The Rise and Fall of the Super Friends. When the Super Friends are alerted to a problem at Jefferson's department store, Superman goes over to check it out. And while he is there, Mixie gives him a script and controls a mannequin of Lois Lane to wear a green kryptonite wedding ring. As Superman falls to his knees in pain, Cecil B.D. Mixelplik yells cut! <laughs> and Mixie calls uh, for his need for special effects and melts, I think, uh, I think he melts Superman down and his essence gets sucked into Mixie's film camera. <laughs> so that's what happens to Superman. So for his next scene, though, Mixie sets up a scene for Batman and Robin in the Gotham City Library that involves Frankenstein. Mixie yells cut! before anything bad happens to them. And he uh, captures Batman and Robin on film play on words. Uh, and so in his next shooting location at the city junkyard, Wonder Woman and Aquaman find themselves as unwilling actors in Mixie's upcoming scene and are attacked by a junk monster before they are flattened in a car crusher. Mixie yells cut. 
And when Aquaman yells into Mixie's microphone that happens to appear uh, before them to let them out, Aquaman and Wonder Woman get trapped inside the microphone. Mixie then takes Superman, Robin, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Batman into a haunted mansion. Mixie's script calls for the heroes to go into their dressing rooms and face incredible dangers. Batman and Robin face a death trap, which uh, turns out to be an illusion. It's not real. Uh, Wonder Woman is forced to run away from herself in a hall of mirrors. In the final scene, Mixie gives all of his, quote, actors viking wardrobe and forces the super friends to fight each other when superman has a problem reading his lines from the script mixie reads clip all skim for him that's how he says it uh because the fifth dimensional uh mind control work doesn't work on superman who used his heat vision to rearrange the ink molecules on the page that's how he does this uh the super friends trick mixie into saying his name backwards so uh a lot there mixie really tried to make a cinematic masterpiece with the super friends uh trying to collect all of them in his scenes uh so that would have been a, a really interesting movie i think yeah i i think uh the rise and fall of the super friends sounds like it could have been you know justice league part two you know <laughs> yeah I, w- I would watch it i would watch it uh, so Mixie does get tricked uh, by re- uh, Superman rearranging the ink molecules on the script page. So he would say his name backwards. Okay, the second uh, Super Friends episode we're going to talk about is one called The Planet of Oz, which is season five, episode eight, which first aired on November 10th, 1979. And he uh, was played by actor Frank Welker in this episode. In this story, the Hall of Justice with Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman inside, he is transported into the magical land of Oz via a tornado. There they encounter Mixie, who informs them that in order to get out, the Super Friends will need to find the Wizard of Oz. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman enter the gingerbread house of a witch, who is Mixie in disguise, who turns them into Wizard of Oz characters. Superman is the Tin Man, Wonder Woman is the Cowardly Lion, and Aquaman is the Scarecrow. This trio finds... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Real quick, why is Wonder Woman the Cowardly Lion? That doesn't even... like. I I see Superman as the Tin Man because he's, you know, pure and, you know, protective, but Wonder Woman isn't cowardly, like, at all. (laughs) Uh, I guess maybe that's the thing. Maybe Mixie was like, aha, I'm going to make you look like a fool. Uh, so I get, I don't, I don't know. Aqu- I, I guess Aquaman as the scarecrow. I mean, what does that say about him that he doesn't have a brain? Is that what we're saying? Uh, well, is, I mean, is, he is, is Aquaman. That, yeah. He is Aquaman. He, he's there to be pretty to look at, you know? <laughs> so interesting choices there. Uh, so this trio, though, does find the Wizard of Oz. But guess what? He turns into Mixie. Mixie is the Wizard of Oz. Thanks to them, Mixie has solved the riddle of how to retain to remain in the physical universe. During their adventure in Oz, Aquaman has turned his scarecrow straw into water-resistant gracious oxide. Wonder Woman electrified her magic lasso, transforming it into electro lasso osseous. Uh, Osseous. Uh, Superman used his heat vision to change his tin suit into cryptolidonium, and Mixie combines those items into a cosmic concoction so he can drink it and never be sent to the fifth dimension ever again. Superman challenges Mixie to say his name backwards to prove to them that it worked. Confident, though, that his plan did work, Mixie does say simple skim and begins to <laughs> fade away, sending the super friends back to the Hall of Justice. Turns out the super friends figured out Mixie's plan and sabotaged his formula. So they they discovered 
discovered it uh, pretty early on and just kind of played around with his uh, Wizard of Oz story. He thought it was a double cross. Then it became a double, double cross. <laughs> they got him. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess the next episode is fiz- uh, fitting, fittingly titled, though, uh, in the Super Friend episode uh, titled Mixtius Piddleck Strikes Again, uh, <laughs> which first appeared on, uh, first aired on October 11th, 1980. Mixie, who I think is also Frank Walker in this uh, episode, has a new fifth dimensional invention, a magical typewriter that will make anything he writes come true. Mixie could write a monster story and a protoplasmic blob appears in the Hall of Justice, or he could write a disaster story and an earthquake rocks the Hall of Justice. But you know what? He would rather write a story about uh, the super friends destroying one another. That's kind of Mixie's thing. He he wants the super friends to fight each other. To He's do a fanfic it, writer. He, you know, I mean, I guess anybody does that with their action figures. You always want to have your action <laughs> figures fight each other. Uh, so he just treats them as action figures. Uh, so to do that, though, he sends Superman, Aquaman, and Green Lantern to a fictional town in the Old West. Superman straps Aquaman to a train, and Glee- Green Lantern hits Superman with a tennis racket he creates out of his Green Lantern construct. Uh, when Superman and Green Lantern figure out that uh, Green Lantern's ring can protect them from Mixie's storytelling, they rescue Aquaman from dying by the train. When Mixie thinks his typewriter is broken because the Super Friends have thwarted his plan, Green Lantern offers to help him by providing Mixie with a new typewriter. As he types on the new keys, he sees that he has spelled Mixas Pitalik or Mixoplik in this uh, series backwards, which sends him back to the fifth dimension. So the the Old West does not last very long, even though I love the Old Western uh, costume designs. Another day saved by typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> Miswired typewriters. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the next episode of Super Friends, which was a uh, season eight or the next episode of Superman, Super Friends featuring Mixelplick. Uh, this was season eight, episode one, and it was titled uh, Mixelplick's Revenge, which first aired on September 10th, 1983. Frank Welker uh, does perform Mixie's voice here. And uh what happens is uh, he, Mixie, I guess, imp- uh, I'm trying to read, uh, read my own notes. Hopefully these make sense. I, I guess uh, Mixie has put a like, uh, skirt with my Google Docs. Uh, and, and Mixie's voice, which appears inside the Hall of Justice, uh, uh, which is a magic, help me with this, Bill. Uh, Mixie, uh, Mixie's voice, okay. Mixel uh, Play. Which appear, Mixie's voice, which appears inside the Hall of Justice. Justice wishes a magical door to open and start sucking everything in, including Superman, Batman, all going to the fifth dimension. Okay, your reading of that made much more sense than when I was trying to do it. I was like, does that make any sense? Uh, A door appears in the Hall of Justice and they get sucked in. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, basically. Yeah, so Mixie tells him that they can't uh, get him to say his name backwards because that only works when they are in their universe. But now they're being sent to the fifth dimension, so it's not going to work the same. Mixie incapacitates the world's finest. Uh, He puts on Batman's utility belt and Superman's cape, and he acts as a judge handing out sentences for the two heroes. Superman is sentenced to life in a vegetable garden. Uh, Sounds like it wouldn't be so bad because he's, but but because he's in the fifth dimension, uh, Green Kryptonite uh, doesn't harm superman so not so bad ah but the big surprise though is that green beans 
do harm Superman. <laughs> so that's a bad for vegetable garden Superman. Batman yeah, without, without the green beans, you know, he would just be, okay, I'm finally going to take over for Pa Kent on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Superman would know something about farming. Uh, uh, Batman, meanwhile, is sentenced to 50 years upside down, which would, I think, be worse, in my opinion, because uh, blood would rush through your head and it would be uh, annoying. So Superman digs his way out of the vegetable garden to meet up with Batman. And because everything is mixed up and backwards in the fifth dimension, Superman gets Mixie to say Mixelplick, which causes Superman and Batman to fade away and return to the Hall of Justice. So uh, in the fifth the dimension, in the fifth dimension, he has to say Mixelplick instead of his name backwards uh, because everything is uh, bonkers there. Okay, so the it's next backwards. super... It's backwards. So uh, the next Super Friends episode that we are going to talk about is Mr. Mix, uh, Mr. Mixoplick and uh, the Magic Lamp. So this uh, episode was season nine, episode three, which originally aired on October 13th, 1984. Uh, Mixie, voiced by Frank Welker, pretends to be the genie in a bottle to help Benny the Bungler to become the world's greatest thief. When the Mixie genie, genie needs a code word on the Super Friends supercomputer, Batman inputs it as... Uh, kill tipsism is how I'm going to say it, uh, his name backwards. And that's, uh, that's how they get rid of him in this, uh, episode. Uh, that's Batman. how Mixie got got. That's how he got got on the super friend supercomputer. Uh, so that is Mr. Mixelplick and the magic lamp. I I will say out of all the Super Friends episodes, this one was, was probably my favorite just because I, I always love when uh, Mixie kind of takes on a persona like he does in this episode as the genie. And I'm also a big fan of uh, stories about uh, sort of hard on their luck thugs that get mixed up with a supervillain and end up, you know, kind of uh, just destroying their entire lives because the villain tricks them. I'm a you big know, fan of those. You know, I mean, he really should have had higher aspirations than being the world's greatest thief anyway. Uh, yeah, so, so I guess he got what was coming to him. Uh, the uh, last, I think this is our last Super Friends episode. Uh, the Super Friends was kind of divided up into different little series. Um, but uh, this uh, episode is called the Bizarro Superpowers Team. Uh, for some reason, I don't think they said the the words justice league a lot uh but they called them the superpowers team uh so in the super friends episode titled the, the bizarro superpowers team which is season 10 episode 4 which first aired on september 14th 1985 bizarro number 1 comes uh to earth from bizarro world and turns wonder woman cyborg and firestorm into bizarro duplicates he has a little bizarro ray that he uses mixie wants to have fun with this development so he suggests to bizarro number 1 that these new duplicate heroes will need some training. Mixie teaches them how to, to do a good deed for Metropolis, which <laughs> results in Bizarro Cyborg saving what he thinks is a man trapped in traffic, but is actually a police officer. And when Cyborg uh, Bizarro Cyborg removes, removes him from the street, all the cars crash into each other. Bizarro Firestorm tries to fix an outdoor fountain because he thinks it's leaking. This causes, of course, the, the fountain's water to get backed up and explode outwards. Bizarro Wonder Woman wants to save a burning factory building by pouring water into the building, but the pressure of the water breaks all the windows and the employees ride uh waves out of the building so they're not really helping anyone 
No, no. Uh, Mixie also takes the Bizarros to trash the Hall of Justice because uh, that's what supervillains do. And while at the Hall of Justice, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, a call <laughs> comes in that a jailbreak is in process. So this opens up an opportunity for the Bizarros to put their training into practice. The Bizarros, of course, misunderstand this situation and actually end up helping the prisoners escape. Firestorm changes the batons of uh, the police officers into balloons and they float away. Wonder Woman busts up the prison wall so the prisoners have a bigger exit. And uh, the real Wonder Woman and Cyborg and Firestorm, they'll arrive on the scene to clean up the mess created by the Bizarros and recapture all the prisoners. Wonder Woman uh, uses Bizarro's duplicator ray on Mixie and creates a Bizarro Mixie, whose name is actually pronounced kill uh plitz tim because as a bizarro <laughs> his name would be backwards the bizarros consider bizarro mixie a villain to be stopped so all of the bizarros return to bizarro world not wanting them to leave the real mixie yells out forget about kill plitz tim and ends up saying his own name backwards sending him back to the fifth dimension so a lot of bizarros you got to keep up with a lot yeah. of bizarros in this episode i was gonna say i think you said 700 bizarros <laughs> that explanation so many bizarros uh but yeah if you watch the episode it's all gonna make sense all gonna make sense uh yeah, so I, I i will say this one's kind of interesting because it's kind of showing something a couple themes that come back in in some of the other stories we'll, we'll, we'll talk about where uh mixtures Pitalik teams up with bizarro for some reason and firestorm shows up to fight him for some reason i'm guessing mainly because out of any hero on the justice league specifically the super friends firestorm is the the one who has the close is closest to magic like mixie has you know where he can just like change whatever to whatever you know yeah yeah the, the, hold on to this story because this is not the last time we're going to see a bizarro mixie team up and it's definitely not the, the last time we're going to see him dealing with firestorm so uh the next uh series that we're going to move into is Superboy, which is a live action TV series that I know Bill loves. Uh, so <laughs> so the uh, the first uh, episode we're going to talk about is Meet Mr. Mixes Pitalik. And Mixes Pitalik here is played by actor Michael J. Pollard, who first appeared on Superboy in an episode titled Meet Mr. Mixes Pitalik, which originally aired on February 25th, 1989. So in this episode, Mixes Pitalik first appears when Superboy is asked to remove a totem pole from the ground for research purposes. Uh, this, I think, may be handled a little differently today. I have to ask some of my archaeology friends about this. <laughs> uh, but that's what happens. Uh, Superboy is asked to remove a totem pole uh, for research purposes. This totem pole uh, was actually blocking the gate from the world of magical spirits to ours. So when it was removed, Mixie escaped. Mixie develops a crush on Lana Lang and poses as Clark Kent to gain her affection. And when she doesn't fall for the Clark imposter, Mixie mind controls her to leave with him. The scientist studying the totem pole guesses that the totem pole had something to do with uh, reflections and the name of the creature. That's a really good guess by this guy. Uh, he, <laughs> he really he really figures it out. Uh, with this new information, Superboy tricks Mixie into saying his own name backwards by using a letter for Lana Lang's father and friends, sending him back to where he came from. Uh, so this is uh, actually a pretty clever way. It's a, one of the ways we'll see where uh, in letter form, uh, sometimes mm -hmm. he's, he's sent back to the fifth dimension. Yeah, and I will say that uh, you you led this with uh, Bill loves this suit or this Mixius Pitalik. It's his favorite Mixius Pitalik. I rewatched both episodes today. 
not not as good as I remembered it. Like uh. the the actor, his delivery for being like a hey hey kind of guy. Like he he was very flat. Like it was like he didn't understand what the script was or something. <laughs> Yeah, I said something on social media about how like he did this actor didn't seem very interested in acting uh, in this episode, and Bill was like, "Well, I'm I might have to argue differently," and I was like, "Okay, all right, fine." I'm offended, <laughs> so I'm glad to know that maybe I'm not uh, crazy. Actually, this actor was in the Dick Tracy movie that I love. He was a uh, oh, I forget who he played, but he was, was great. He at, prune face, maybe? No, he. I don't think no. he was. I think he was one of the cops that Dick Tracy oh, okay. worked okay. with. Maybe I can't remember. Uh, but he was good in Dick Tracy. Uh, I think it. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the directing. I think that's really. I don't think it's yeah. the actor. I think it's the directing. Well, I think uh, he was actually a, a bit better in the second episode he appeared in, though, right? I agree. I think the the second episode he really he actually tried this next time around. <laughs> so the next time we see Mr. Mixias Pitalik on Superboy uh, was in the episode titled Mr. and Mrs. Superboy, uh, which first aired on November 25th, 1989. In this episode, Mixie is being threatened by another imp from the fifth dimension named Vickabok. And the only way to stop him is for Superboy and Lana Lang to pretend to be Mixie's parents. Uh, for some reason, I, it's still not clear to me why this, this is the plan, why this is the plot, <laughs> but I assume that they just really wanted to have uh, Superboy and Lana Lang pretend to be married and that that's what they did. Uh, so yeah. uh, so how they do this is that Mixie creates a house for the pretend family of three to live in. And while Vickabok is hanging out with them, Clark Kent and Lana Lang's friend Andy, who is just the worst. I, I You know, <laughs> Andy, Andy could just uh, go away. But uh, Andy comes over and he drops by the house and calls Lana his date in front of Vickabok. And so Vickabok gets very mad because he thinks... Uh, that he has been tricked. So with the illusion of Mixie's super family destroyed, Vilkabok goes back to wanting to kill Mixie. And in order to send Vilkabok back to the fifth dimension, Mixie, Superboy, and Lana need to get him to say his name backwards. Mixie turns a neighborhood police car, uh, a car into a police car that says Ko- uh, Koblikov. Am I saying that right? Koblikov. Yeah, let's go with that. And he uh, he says that uh, on it on the police car and uh, tricks Bicklebuck into saying it. And since Mixie now owes Superboy a favor, he agrees to send himself back to the fifth dimension <laughs> where he'll wander around for 90 days. Uh, so we got to see more than one imp uh, on this episode of Superboy. So, yeah, I do think he 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 actually made an effort in this episode. Yeah, I thought the story was was a lot stronger all around, too. It felt very much. And again, it's probably modeled off of a Silver Age story, you know, where it's like. Oh, we have to do this thing because if not, things will go bad. This thing's ridiculous. Why are we doing it? Don't ask questions. Let's just go. You know, and it's just a really fun episode. And, you know, there are a million like conveniences, like the friend comes in when why is he even coming into the house to, you know, mess things up? It's very sick. I didn't even know where it was. Exactly. I, but I, I actually, um, as far as the Superboy series, I'll just say I, I agree with you about the friend. I enjoyed the friend from season one much better. I believe it was a, I, it was like the son of Perry White. Yeah, he he was almost kind of a Jimmy Olsen sort of character. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah. I agree, he was better than. And I think the, in my opinion, the first Superboy I thought was a little stronger in, in my opinion. Uh, but that's I so too. 
Yeah. That's uh, maybe neither here nor there. We'll talk about Superboy another time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so I think this second time around for this version of McShess Pedalik was a little stronger. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to get into a series that Bill and I genuinely, I think, both love, like uni- unironically and like unabashedly uh lois and clark the new adventures of superman so uh mick Pitalik this time is played by howie mandel and he appeared on lois and clark the new adventures of superman in an episode titled twas the night before mixmas uh so this is this is mixmas here that we are celebrating uh which is season four episode 11 and it first aired on december 15th 1996 So in this episode, Mixie, who claims to be the cause of the fall of Rome and aims for world conquest, that's his goal here, he comes to Earth through the interdimensional vortex just in time for Christmas Eve, a time of year Clark Kent describes as magic, very fittingly in a Mixie episode. Mixie has tracked Superman down because he recognizes that Superman is the only one who can stop him from becoming the absolute ruler of absolutely everything. (laughs) Mixie's grand plan to thwart Superman is to create a world without hope because without being the symbol of hope, Superman is powerless. To remove hope, Mixie will will remove tomorrow uh, because if there's no tomorrow, that means there's no hope for tomorrow. <laughs> so that is his goal here. And so this, there's a lot of timelines here. So I'm going to try to describe them. You can follow along. It's kind of a Groundhog Day setup. I think Groundhog Day actually came out before this episode aired. So I think they were all like in a real Groundhog Day mood when they were writing this. Yeah, uh, it, it, that, that definitely it, it felt very Groundhog Day to me. It, it's kind kind of like a. It, it's kind of like now actually because there's all these throwback Groundhog hog day esque stories that are coming out like Palm Springs on Hulu and stuff like that. And back then when it first came out, every sitcom tried to do a groundhog day or every like, you know, procedural, Hey, let's do a groundhog day because it's popular right now. Well, this one I think is actually done really well because the changes in mm-hmm. it change and get worse over time and you mm-hmm. can really follow it and, and, and it, it'll, it makes you uh, sort of follow along and, and make sure you catch all the different changes. Uh, so we're going to go through the timeline. Hopefully I get this all right. Bill, correct me if any of these things are wrong. So in our first timeline, Lois and Clark attend the Daily Planet Christmas party. They're greeted by a coworker named Ralph who loves everyone the most. And they see that Eastern European and peace talks are progressing towards a treaty. Lois turns a in a corruption story she thinks is going to win a Pulitzer. Perry White sprung for the big Daily Planet Christmas tree himself since he's all alone for Christmas. Jimmy Olsen has met a new lady friend and who is a Rhodes Scholar named Brenda. The bank is going to cover Martha and Johnson's farm situation and Lois's mom was stood up by her father and she can't drink the eggnog because she's a recovering alcoholic. It's very <laughs> important to note. At the Christmas party Clark hears a bank alarm and flies off to do a job as Superman. When he gets to the bank, he stops the bank robber and saves a wealthy man from falling out of a building who offers Superman a monetary reward for his good deed. As uh, Clark returns to the Christmas party, he encounters Mixie in the elevator, who informs him that he knows that Clark is Superman and that the games are about to begin. The <laughs> overly large clock that Mixie is holding starts to tick backwards, and the timeline we've seen before begins anew with Lois and Clark arriving at the Christmas party. Every time there's a new timeline, that's kind of how it starts. 
this time, which I think is our second timeline, uh, has a slightly inebriated Ralph. The Eastern European peace talks are now in question. Perry's Christmas tree is a little smaller. Lois hands Perry a corruption story that isn't exactly Pulitzer material. Jimmy's lady friend Brenda is wearing a slightly different outfit and looks a little miffed at him. The bank <laughs> hasn't called the Kents, and Lois's mom, Ella, wants to drink the eggnog. The bank robber that Superman uh, stops tells Superman that even if the cops take him away, he's just going to be back robbing the same bank again because the judges in Metropolis are soft. The cops who take <laughs> him away doubt that even a, a, they can make a dent with all this crime. And the wealthy man that Superman saves doesn't offer him a reward this time. So in the third timeline of Clark going to the Daily Planet party with Lois for the Christmas party again, Ralph this time is just a full-on drunk. Like, he is drunk. <laughs> Perry's tree uh, sort of looks like the Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Uh, the yeah. Eastern European peace talks are stalled, and then they collapse. Lois says that her corruption story stinks. The kids start to worry that they might lose their farm. Lois's mom asks someone to remind her why she gave up drinking. Jimmy's new lady friend, Brenda, gave up her road scholarship and the cops don't even seem like they want to take the bank robber to jail. So uh, so next time, timeline number four, Ralph just falls to the floor. He's he's just out of it. Perry Perry dug uh, the Christmas tree out of, uh, out of his basement. Lois calls her corruption story garbage. The bank robber tells <laughs> Superman that he's been out of work for almost a month. Lois's mom is just full on drinking the eggnog and she's actually kind of hitting on Ralph. The wealthiest man, uh, the wealthy man gets upset with Superman for saving him because he actually wanted to die. He purposely and intentionally jumped off the building. Brenda's not a Rhodes Scholar anymore and is flirting with another dude and Lois actually says, and this is a quote from the, sh the show, that Jimmy's, depre uh, Jimmy's depressed because his girlfriend's a hooker. It's like my favorite line <laughs> from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Jimmy's depressed because his girlfriend's yeah, a hooker. And it's like funny how quickly it goes from scholar to hooker. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, real fast. Within a couple she of minutes. She was already on the ledge. She just needed a little push. Just a little push. Uh, the Eastern European peace talks have turned to war. And Jonathan Kent is so upset about the farm and Martha giving up on them that he has a heart attack. And as everyone rushes to help Jonathan, Mixie stops time does a little little stop time and he tries to make a deal with Clark. He will restore everyone's hope if Superman agrees to leave Earth forever. Uh, Clark rejects the offer, of course, and tells Mixie that there's always a little bit of hope left in the human spirit. And with that, at that very moment, Lois, who, who was not aware of any of these timelines that were going on, Clark was the only one who knew about the loop. Lois now starts to get hopeful and unfreezes from time. And she starts to kind of remember some things that have been happening. Mixie starts the time loop again. And this time the Christmas tree is in a flower pot. It is just shrunken down. Ralph is a real sad drunk and war has broken out in Eastern Europe. They're just full on war in Eastern Europe <laughs> at this time. This time around is different though, because now that Lois has a little hope, she recognizes that they are in a time loop in the previous timeline. Lois had done some research into mythology and learned uh, that in order to get Mixie to leave, they have to get him to say his name backwards. So while that those other timelines were going on, Clark was trying to tell her what was going on and she kind of went with it, but I don't know that she believed it. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, Clark and Lois decide to, while they both remember, they're going to try to start restoring hope to the world. 
Superman arranges for the bank robber to start a new job at the bank. Lois replaces her mom's eggnog with a natural soda. Superman gives encouragement to Mr. Caldwell, the wealthy man who jumped to his death. Lois teaches Jonathan and Martha how to meditate. Uh, Lois does a makeover on Brenda, who uh, was, you know, looking like a hooker last time we saw her. She looks yeah, more pretty. I was going to say, I think the makeover basically turned her back to where she was at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> like she, she, back. she's looking a, more, a little more presentable, like she's a Rhodes Scholar now. <laughs> uh, Superman arranges for Perry to play Santa for a group of children. Lois starts a round of Deck the Halls that gets the entire Daily Planet singing Christmas carols. As Perry, uh, Perry Claus is what I'm calling him, Perry <laughs> White dressed as Santa Claus. He, as he hands out some presents, he has a special box for McShaz Pitalik. In reading the card that comes with it, he finds out that the present was actually sent from someone named Kill Tip Sixum, and that causes him to say his own name backwards. After Mixie is sent back to the fifth dimension, everything resets to where it was in the beginning of the episode and includes happy endings all around for all of our characters, mm -hmm. including uh, Sam, Lois's dad, uh, arriving to meet with uh, Ella, Lois's mom. So in the beginning of the episode, uh, uh, Lois's mom sort of ditched, uh, Lois's dad ditched her mom and uh, then here mm -hmm. at the happy ending at the uh, end of the episode everybody is reunited uh so this is one of my favorite like christmas episodes of tv in general i think it's such yeah. a good episode yeah yeah it's uh it, it's saccharine sweet uh you know in all the best ways that all all good christmas specials are for sure if, if i had one complaint about it i actually there were points where howie mandel kind of annoys me as Mixius Pitalik, but the story is so good uh, that I, I I can look past it for yeah. sure. Like, yeah, I think you're supposed to be annoyed with him a little bit because uh, mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. even Clark is like, oh, this guy again. Uh, so, so, so I think he does a pretty good job. Uh, he looks a little different from Mixie. Uh, he doesn't have like the the typical comic book suit. He's not as comic yeah. book accurate as the Superboy version in terms of this costume. Uh, he's he's he, more like he's more like Vegas magician. Yes, but uh, but I think he does uh, carry the persona pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next uh, performance of Mixie that we're going to talk about is from Superman, the animated series. And uh, I, I happen to love this version as well. We're going to debate who is the best one. Uh, I might say this one, but we're going to we're going to come back to it. Uh, so Mixer's Pitalik <laughs> uh, makes uh, two appearances on Superman, the animated series voiced this time by actor Gilbert Gottfried. So he sounds more like a. Uh, like he just kind of yells a lot. Uh, I can't, re I can't really. He he yeah, yeah, yeah he I can't. Says I can't a lot. Yeah, I can't really uh, do a Gilbert Godfrey because it just has to be so crazy sounding. Uh, I, can, but, I can't do it because I respect my vocal cords. <laughs> yeah. So his his mixie has a very distinct sound. Uh, so in his also first, looks a little like this guy. He looks a little like that guy. He's actually. Um, the design of him in Superman, the animated series is based on the, uh, the golden age. So that first appearance of him in the, in the comics, that's what his look is uh, patterned off of mm -hmm. in his first episode, which is titled Mixias pixelated uh, from season two, episode eight, uh, which first aired on September 20th, 1997 here. Mixie is first seen wearing a purple suit, a green tie and a purple hat, which uh, like we mentioned is based on his golden age version. Uh, he's calling out for someone named McGurk McGurk. Uh, which hey, is, an, 
Which is an Easter egg to the character's first appearance in the comics, like we talked about with uh, McGurk, McGurk turning into a statue. That might also happen in this episode. Uh, Superman <laughs> first meets Mixie when uh, trying to save him from being hit by an armored car, also very close to the first appearance of him in the comics. Uh, back at the Daily Planet, Jimmy Olsen is laughing at a comic strip uh, called Mr. Mixes Pitalik by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, who are the creators of Mixes Pitalik. In the comic strip, Mixes Pitalik is looking for McGurk, and the first panel is crushed by a safe in the second panel and yells out from under a tombstone still looking for McGurk. So it's uh, <laughs> actually one of my favorite little Easter eggs there because uh, he's looking for McGurk even though he uh, gets killed. Uh, yeah, when and that, that I, I will say that whole McGurk thing, that that very much I believe comes from, you know, vaudeville comedy because, you know, there would always be like some fool come in and say something just completely random between sketches so they could change costumes or sets or whatever. And it would just be like a, a three for bit that would happen throughout the course of a night's programming at a vaudeville theater. So I, I love it. I love it. I, I don't know if we fully know who McGurk is, uh, but mm -hmm. every now and then he finds him in a statue. <laughs> uh, so uh, Clark reads this comic strip and says Mixie's name wrong. He actually pronounces it Mixelplick, like the Super Friends version. Mixie comes out of, he actually physically comes out of the comic strip into the real world and corrects him to say it as Mix Yes Spitlick. So that's how you pronounce it in the Superman, the animated series version. I, I I think that's the worst pronunciation of it that I've ever heard, honestly. Like, I, I, I mean, I love Bruce Tim. I love Superman the Animated Series. Big mistake here, guys. Big mistake. Yeah, spit sounds a little gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think yeah. he actually, there's like some little visuals that go along with that. And I think they <laughs> actually spit in there. Uh, Mixie continues to look for McGurk uh, and he disappears from the Daily Planet. So he's he's really trying to find McGurk. Later, uh, Mixie yells out, McGurk, at a museum opening that Clark and Lois are covering for the Daily Planet. Thinking that Rodan's thinker is McGurk, Mixie tells the sculpture to finish his business because they got to get going. And just like that, Rodan's thinker comes to life and walks out of the museum and gets into a fight with Superman. Superman punches the sculpture, which of course shatters it. And Mixie uh, has, doesn't stop messing with Clark. He continues to mess with him. And the next time he does this is at the Kent farm where Mixie turns Pa and Ma into chickens, ducks, ostriches, and some alien looking monsters. Mixie even puts them in a painting that looks a lot like the uh, very famous painting called American Gothic. So he's uh, <laughs> messing with the Kents here. Mixie explains to Clark Kent that he is a superior being from the fifth dimension and that Superman is the ultimate challenge for him. Mixie wants to play games and Superman suggests that they, you know, set some rules. If they're going to play a game, they got to have some rules. And uh, so Mixie agrees to this term that if Superman can get him to say, spell, or otherwise reveal his name backwards, uh, he'll split until their dimensions come into alignment again <laughs> in about three months, give or take. So uh, when Superman plays dumb and tells Mixie that he can't spell his name backwards, uh, he can't spell his name forwards and doesn't know how to even spell his name backwards, Mixie gets tricked into saying his name and he poofs out. <laughs> and three months later, Mixie shows up in Clark's bathroom mirror and uh, Clark once again tricks him into saying his name backwards and Mixie disappears. Three months later, he comes back and Mixie poofs into the Daily Planet where Clark is working at his desk. And to get rid of him in this instance, Clark sets it up so that Mixie wants to edit his article for him. And when he does, the letters reveal his uh, his name backwards and he goes away. 
So uh, this happens uh, a lot in this episode. Mixie returns to the fifth dimension, though, where he expresses his 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 frustration over continually being beaten by Superman to his love interest. Guess pit listen. Uh, I'm going to try to see. It's, it's spelled G S P T L S N Z, which I think is guess pit lessness. Guess pit lessness. Guess uh, guess pit lessness. Yeah, I said some something like that. Uh, she's she's another fifth dimensional imp, and she and she and Mixie kind of have a little relationship going. Uh, she advises Mixie to destroy Superman, so he builds a big robot. In a uh, but in about five seconds, Mixie comes back to the fifth dimension, defeated by Superman again. So not even the big robot could uh, help him. Three months later, Mixie comes back to Metropolis, turning Daily Planet employees, including Lois Lane, into animals. This time around, the rules of the game have changed. Clark is now going have to get him to say spell or otherwise reveal his name backwards twice in a row if superman can do that mixie will go away forever superman flies outside of the daily planet and into the skies of metropolis mixie follows him to prove that he can fly just as well as superman uh by turning into a plane and following superman in the air and it turns out while uh, uh superman was using this opportunity uh <laughs> flying to lead mixie into spelling his name backwards in the sky twice mixie acknowledges that superman was the superior being all along so that's how superman gets him to go away <laughs> i i absolutely love this episode there's so much good about it uh for one i i i, I remember when it first came out i love that they used the original character model for mixie's pitalik i was like that's like something that nobody but me knows you know 17 year old bill and uh and i, I was just like shocked that they actually used it i also love the the quick iterations over, you know, um, Mixia's Pitalik coming to the third dimension and Superman tricking him back to kind of like establish this relationship to where almost Clark's bored of it uh, when it gets towards the end in the final confrontation. He, he's like, yeah, I, you know, it's it's that time of the month. I have to deal with this problem again. You know, this this guy who shows up every once in a while yeah he marks it down on his calendar so he knows when mixie is probably going to show up uh so he does have to deal with him quite a bit in that first episode uh then the next episode of superman the animated series we're going to talk about is one called little big head man which i love that it's adorable uh so this is season three episode five and it first aired on november 21st 1998 in this episode mixie introduces himself to bizarro in bizarro's fortress of solitude and tells bizarro who calls mixie this is bizarro's name for Mixie, Little Big Head Man, uh, which I think is fitting. I mean, he's just describing what he looks like. Uh, Absolutely. That's a little man with a big head. Yeah. So, so, uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, Mixie tells Bizarro to think of him as his guardian angel. Uh, so, so this is another instance of Mixie and Bizarro sort of teaming up a little bit. Mixie convinces Bizarro that Superman sent Bizarro to Bizarro World in order to get rid of him and was jealous of Bizarro's great power. Mixie shows Bizarro video footage of Superman and his pals, which includes Supergirl, laughing at Bizarro. This result- An advanced episode of Teen Titans Go, actually. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> looks like that. Uh, so this isn't real. This is just something that Mixie uh, created to make Bizarro think what he needed him to think. Uh, but this results in Bizarro wanting to make Superman pay, which of course is exactly what Mixie wanted. Mixie had pres- uh, promised earlier in Superman, the animated series that he would stay away from earth forever. Cause I mean, Superman did trick him that time, but uh, Mixie explains that he promised not to come back and bother Superman. So he's getting around the rules a little bit. He's in the clear. If Bizarro, 
Bizarro is bothering Superman. But Mixie is actually breaking a lot of interdimensional laws, most heinously going back on his word. You're not supposed to do that. The tribunal leaders of the fifth dimension summon him from Earth and bring him to trial. So there's a, a kind of a neat look into the fifth dimension with uh, chessboard floors and uh, very mm-hmm. 90s looking uh, background there. Uh, beca- <laughs> because he is determined to repeatedly invading uh, the third dimension to go after Superman, the tribunal sentences him to stay there for no less than one dimensional interface without his powers. And uh, uh, in this sequence, they do show an Easter egg to Action Comics number 80. So make sure that you don't miss that. It's actually almost identical. Uh, So while you're seeing uh, Mixie go up against the interdimensional tribunal, uh, make sure you don't miss that. Uh, So this episode ends with, uh, if after 90 days, Mixie has performed one good deed for the beings he once tortured, he'll be reinstated by the tribunal. His good deed ends up with Mixie going to Bizarro World with Bizarro and helping him save the day there. Uh, so <laughs> he ends up going to Bizarro World, and that's how he uh, he does his one good deed. And this uh, scenario is something that uh, might come up later on the uh, uh, the Season 5 episode featuring Mixie on uh, the CW Supergirl. So mm-hmm. this is maybe where they pulled it, so keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Superman the Animated Series version of Mixie is one of, one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I think I, I think right up there in, in the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> How many versions do we have in here? Ten? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so so many. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is Smallville. So this is live mm-hmm. action. So this is not animated, but we're going to see him a little different here in a season four episode of Smallville titled Jinx, which first aired on November third, two thousand four. Uh, mix is uh, a mix Ilpitalik. That's how uh, he says his name in here. Mix Ilpitalik is actually a Luther Corp foreign exchange student uh, recipient named Mikhail. Mix Ilpitalik, played by actor Trent Ford. Uh, very attractive looking uh, Mix Ilpitalik, I should stay, say here. This is probably the most attractive uh, Mixie, in my opinion. I, I mean, he's not as attractive as the one on Superboy, but he's close. <laughs> he's close. He's close. Uh, Mikhail pronounces his name, of course, Mix Ilpitalik. He can control people's actions uh, with a whisper, and he serves as a bookie in sports gambling. And after Clark Kent trips, which he never does while scoring a touchdown in a big football game, as if someone was controlling him, he learns that Chloe Sullivan was also manipulated uh, by Mikhail in a similar fashion. They look up Mixel Pitalik online, but the search results wonder if they meant kill Tipsy's in. Uh, do you, <laughs> did you mean kill Tipsy's in? Yes or no? Uh, when they look up Kill Tipsyzim, they come across a legend from the Balkans about a family who can control the hand of luck. This family changed their name, trying to escape the stigma after a village mysteriously burned to the ground. According to the legend, the only thing that stopped them was a plague of locusts. Uh, not having access to locusts at this time, Clark and Chloe discover the possibility that Mikhail's commands operate on a similar frequency as locusts, which they need to jam. Chloe changes some electronic signals, causing Mikhail to lose his ability to uh, change the big game. Frustrated and with his ears bleeding, Mikhail finds Chloe and the jammed signal, and he threatens Chloe's life and forces Clark into a tough decision. If the Smallville Crows score another touchdown, Chloe is dead. If Clark doesn't go back out on the field and lose the game, Chloe is also dead. With five seconds and only one play left in the game, Clark uses his x-ray vision to find out where Mikhail is hiding Chloe hostage. 
throws his uh, uh, quarterback pass, slows down time with his super speed, knocks McHale's knife out of his hand and pushes him aside to free Chloe and gets back into the game right before the pass is caught for a game-winning touchdown. So he actually gets to do both things at the same time. And uh, the episode ends with, instead of sending him to county lockup, Lex Luthor escorts McHale to level 33.1, a secret floor in Luther Court Plaza where Lex Luthor stored and studied metahumans so that is the end of mikhail mix mixil pitlick <laughs> I, I i just uh, i'll say that um i wasn't a big smallville fan and this episode is where the descent started for me just because like i i had you know been able to overlook the way smallville would like completely changed these characters that I'd grown up with and loved and everything. But Mixia's Pitalik was a step too far for me. Yeah. He's, de he's definitely uh, the, the most different, I think than all yeah. the other versions that we've talked about outside uh, of the name, almost completely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's a bookie. He's a, uh, in a gambling. Uh, yeah. So that's uh that's how Smallville handled him. He, I think only showed up in that one episode, but uh, I, I like the way that Clark is able to resolve that issue though. He, he mm -hmm. is able to do both things at the same time. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So the next time that we see a mixie, I believe on television is in a, in an animated series called a justice league action in uh this animated series uh mix i, I guess it's i don't know if it's uh i don't do we have the pronunciation i mix just put like uh is yeah. once again voiced by gilbert gottfried and uh gottfried and appears in three episodes uh the first one being mixie's mix up captain bamboozle is the second one and the third one is keeping up with the kryptonians so we're going to talk about these briefly here in mixie's mix up mixie puts star girl's mind so you're gonna have to follow along he puts star girl's <laughs> mind in superman's body superman and batman's body and batman and star girl's body these heroes are forced to fight gorilla grod with his army and his army with different skill sets that they aren't used to and to make it worse it's star girl's first day on the justice league job she's <laughs> a rookie new to the superhero game when the bravo squad shows up to help Superman, Batman, and Stargirl. Mixie mixes their minds and bodies up, too. Flash is now in Zatanna's body. Zatanna is now in Flash's body. Shazam is in Plastic Man's body. Plastic Man is in Cyborg's body. Firestorm is now in Shazam's body. And Martian, Martian Manhunter is now in Firestorm's body. Dr. Stein, though, one half of Firestorm, starts to psychoanalyze Mixie, calling him a, and I don't know if I can pronounce this, Haluna logo fogo maniac. I don't know that that's a real term that might be made up for the show, but uh, Dr. Stein called, but Dr. Stein calls him this, which uh, supposedly means one who fears complex scientific terminology. <laughs> uh, he also calls him a kill tip sixum. When denying that he is all the things Dr. Stein uh, says that he is, he ends up saying his name backwards. When Mixie is transported back to the fifth dimension, everyone's minds are returned to their rightful bodies. So everything goes back to normal. So it's cool that Dr. Stein actually gets him to trick, uh, trick Mixie in this one. Absolutely. And uh, I'll just say, like, I, I know we have a couple of other episodes to discuss, but the Justice League action, it, it, it's such a nice series because it's just like in like 10 minutes, you have a whole superhero story. It's kind of like reading the, the A story in an old Silver Age comic or something. Yeah, the animation is really good and the stories are usually pretty good and clever. So Justice League action mm -hmm. is worth a watch. Uh, the second episode of Justice League action we're going to talk about is one called Captain Bamboozle. Uh, Mixie <laughs> poses as the 
wizard who gave Shazam his powers and offers abilities to Shazam's uncle Dudley because he knows it will lead to outrageous antics, and it definitely does. Uncle Dudley, now calling himself Captain Bamboozle, isn't a great superhero. He is not so good at this. He does more harm than good, but when the Justice League realizes Mixie posed as the wizard and created a Catzilla, a ginormous cat running amok in the streets, Uncle Dudley is the one to save the day by getting him to say his name backwards. So that's a great arc for Uncle Dudley. He wasn't a real great superhero but he did save the day well you you can't you can't deny batman credit for using his bat laser pointer to distract the cat i mean that's a very <laughs> important part of the story rebecca that is a great use of the uh the laser pointer to get the uh the giant catzilla mm -hmm. to chase it uh so that's a it's a pretty good episode and uh, i i like little wizard mixie he's so cute oh, yeah. uh so I cute I also thought it was kind of cool, and this is neither here nor there, but with Shazam and Uncle Dudley, they kind of referenced the old 70s live action Shazam series because they were like traveling around in a camper like they did back on that old series. So Yeah, they do, they do show that in the episode. The, the camper makes an appearance. All right, so the final episode of Justice League action. Uh, in this episode, Keeping Up with the Kryptonians, kind of like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Uh, Mixie, <laughs> in the, uh, Mixie in the form of the Twilight Zone. He sort of puts himself into the Twilight Zone to uh, uh, inform Superman and Supergirl about his plan. He explains that he wants to do a little nature versus nurture experiment, and he separates Superman and Superman. Supergirl uh, away from each other. He puts Superman in wartime Kaznia and Supergirl in Hollywood to see how they will both grow up. Uh, Kazni and Superman is basically Red Sun, uh, Red Sun <laughs> Superman, and Supergirl is now a reality TV star uh, on a show titled that's so Kara with an agent uh, with an agent named Morty. Uh, when she what she doesn't know is that Morty, her agent, is actually Mikshaz Pitalik, who pitted Superman and Supergirl against each other. So Superman and Supergirl fighting each other in this episode to defeat Mixie, Red Sun Superman, the the Kasnian Superman. Uh, he, um, I. I, I uh, what 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 am I trying to say in my Google Doc? I wrote some of this stuff, and I'm like, uh, he basically say he gets him to say he tricks uh uh Mixie into saying his name backwards as Kill Tip Sixum, which is somehow uh what people say. And then once so Red Sun Superman gets him to say it, and then once yeah. Mixie is gone, everything resets, and Superman and Supergirl's relationship returns to their uh familiar cousin dynamic so uh so morty doesn't last very long but i love mm -hmm. i love uh tv tv agent morty uh in this episode yeah i i think i i, I believe uh you might have mentioned here but doesn't booster gold gold swing in right at the end for a save too yeah booster gold help. uh appears uh and helps him save the day uh he he actually wants uh morty to be his agent he, he tries to sell himself <laughs> as a as a client so booster gold makes a really good appearance in that one I really did love Supergirl as a Kardashian too, because you know, you know, a few miles off uh, in a few years off on that rocket, that's totally what would have happened, right? You know, <laughs> she uh, she does live the life of a Hollywood reality TV star, so it's uh, interesting <laughs> to see her as a more. Uh, um, what would you say, like a more conceited Supergirl? I guess more full of herself uh, kind yeah. of version, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't pay attention to anything past her nose kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a that's so Kara. We we talk about <laughs> that's so Amade on Supergirl Radio a lot. So that's so Kara makes a lot of sense. 
All right. So um, he hasn't appeared in film, but there's an interesting tidbit uh, that uh, I thought we could talk about. Mr. McShess Pitalik was considered for the live action film Superman 3 as written in an outline by Ilya Salkind. uh, But the idea was scrapped. I think it would probably be better than what Superman 3 actually became. Uh, The McShess Pitalik portrayed in the outline varies from his good humored comic counterpart as he uses his abilities to do some serious harm. Additionally, Dudley Moore was actually the top choice to play the role. So uh, I would, I wish we could have seen that. I, I totally, I totally think Dudley Moore would have done a good job. You know who else would have been a really good mixie? Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh, that's like, that's yeah. choice. Yeah. yeah, he would, he would have been so good. Uh, so yeah, I think that would have been a, a a cool thing to see. But unfortunately, we ended up with a a, a big robot and Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day. It probably would have ended up being like a, a, a nuclear man situation where it's kind of bizarre, but kind of not. You know, it probably wouldn't have been the mixie that we wanted to see. Yeah, they may have taken a different take on it, but that's an interesting uh, factoid in film history. <laughs> uh, mixie does appear in some video games. He is in the Superman Returns video game, DC Universe Online, Scribble Knots Unmasked, a DC Comics Adventure, Lego Batman 3, Beyond Gotham, and Lego DC Supervillains. So if you are a gamer, you might see Mixie show up in some DC games, uh, causing some trouble. Just avoid the Superman one because everyone knows all Superman games tend to suck. <laughs> <laughs> this is what uh, people say. Um, I, I will say uh, Mixie is fun in that Superman Returns game, though, because he's kind of like the narrator for all the tutorial stuff. So, so you know, he's he's constantly like uh, just like slamming you because you're not getting it and everything. He, it's fun. Yeah, I can see how that could be a tons of fun to play because uh, Mixie is quite the character. Well, and the last uh, versions that we're going to talk about are actually from the CW Supergirl uh, from uh, the TV series that we talk about all the time here on Supergirl Radio. On the CW Supergirl, two actors have played a mix a mi- on the on the CW Supergirl. They pronounce it as Mixes Pitalik. Uh, so Pitalik. yeah, so uh, two actors have played Mixes Pitalik. Um, in season two, he was played by. P- uh, actor Peter Gaudio, and in season five, he was played by Thomas Lennon. Peter Gaudio's version appears in the episode Mr. and Mrs. Mixes, uh, Mixes Pitalik, uh, kind of like Mr. and Mrs. Superboy from the Superboy TV series. And uh, Peter Gaudio's version had three rules associated one with him. Uh, number one, he couldn't make Kara fall in love with him. Number two, uh, he couldn't stop her from killing herself. And uh, number three, he couldn't uh, stop her from drinking orange juice. Kara uh, tricked him into typing his name backwards as a code word to prevent the atomic cauldron one of the most powerful fusion furnaces on earth from self-destructing um i actually really liked peter gaudio's version um i know mm-hmm. thomas lennon came in and knocked it out of the park but peter gaudio actually did a really good job he, he makes me laugh several times in that episode and uh, the w- the way he sort of fawns over Kara is really cute. Yeah. I I actually in some some in some way I actually like that somebody was actually treating Kara with the respect I think she deserved. Mm-hmm. He might he might have gone a little over the top. He created a parasite in the streets, but but he was actually you know saying very nice things to Kara. Yeah, that episode I I thought he was a very good uh, villain for the episode. Uh, but I didn't think he was a very good version of Mixie ah. necessarily. Like, uh, although I mean, after after today and like just completely oh, Dean on Mixie stuff, uh, you know, he he does more often than not try and try and woo the women, you know. So yes. so this was kind of in character for him. <laughs> 
Yes, this is very much like that Silver Age uh, comic book we, uh, story that we talked about earlier on in this episode. Uh, so I think it's mm-hmm. very much pulled from that. And Sterling Gates ha- actually was one of the writers on this episode. So I was glad he got to play with uh, Mixie. So uh, I, I really <laughs> love that Sterling Gates got to write an episode of Supergirl. Uh, Nicole has a question. Do you do we know what the deal is with the orange juice? Uh, well, Nicole, I've always thought of it as um, so Mixie mentions that like he can't he can't make her do anything. It's a, basically a free will situation. So he cannot control her free will. If she wants to drink orange juice, she's going to drink orange juice. He can't stop her. <laughs> um, and so uh, the reason that Kara at the end is drinking orange juice in the fortress is kind of to stick it to him. Like, I drink orange juice if I want to, Mixie. You can't make me do, you know, not do this. Uh, so I've always loved that she kind of, you know, made a point with the orange juice there at the end and, and really um, got to stick it to him. Um, so the next time we saw Mixie on the CW Supergirl uh, TV series, Thomas Lennon took over as Mixie in season five's It's a Super Life, which is the 100th episode of the show. So big episode. His version of the character came with rules, too. This time around, Mixie couldn't just go in somewhere. He has to be invited. And Mixie can't use any of his powers this time except to help those of whom he has wronged, uh, which is similar, I think, to the Little Big Head Man episode, uh, Little Big Head Man episode of Superman, the animated series. Uh, yeah, or at least where it ends up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's very similar to that. Uh, Thomas Lennon pronounces Mixie's name backwards, something like Kellup Tip Tip skim so it's a little bit different than what i i normally hear it pronounced as kill tipsism but uh they sort of yeah. played with it with it here uh but i i really like thomas lennon's version of the character too he's he's a little more friendly and more comedic this time around mm-hmm. he's not he's not more um causing trouble and being weird about it uh this time yeah. around he just gets to have fun i also think that he is the most uh naturalistic uh version of mixtures pitalik out of all the ones we've reviewed uh, where he, you know, he doesn't come across as a caricature. He comes across as a character that has a bit of a goofy side. You know, he has that trickster side to him, but uh, he, he feels a lot more grounded than the other ones, which is saying something for a fifth dimensional. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the way they uh, show him popping in and out of the scenes and surprising the characters and his mm-hmm. interaction with Melissa Benoist. I just love so much like they yeah. they've developed this this good rapport and uh, Kara seems to to. Uh, befriend him a little bit in that episode. And I love the way even he interacts with Alex. Like he's like, I know you don't trust me. And he sort of covers Alex's face, like referring to Alex, Uh, but he is very fun. And uh, I always, uh, I I always love the old time radio voice that he does there. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, what does he say? Uh, Every party has a pooper and that's why we invited Kara. Uh, So that, that (laughs) part of the episode is always uh, my favorite. So he does a really good job of, really making that character come to life. Yeah. And and I think uh, probably my favorite part in the episode was that third act where he's powerless because Mixius Pitalik is a character that really impresses when his back's up against the wall. And he, a lot of times he makes more moral decisions than you think he would make. And so it's always kind of cool to see the character tested like he is towards the end of the episode and see him sort of overcome it and win over the heroes at the same time. And it was very clever the way they did it because Mixie normally has that, that derby hat 
that he wears mm-hmm. in a lot of his versions, but uh, Thomas Lennon doesn't have it. But in that episode, they have to retrieve the hat's hat uh, from the elite, the, the hat, the character known as the hat because he wears a hat and the hat yeah. that the hat wears is actually one of those uh, derby bowler type hats. And so Mixie actually mm-hmm. gets to kind of have that hat a little bit. Uh, so, yeah. and, and, and uh, Thomas Lennon's hair is sort of like uh, the way he styles it is sort of like the crazy hair that Mixie usually has under that hat. Mm-hmm. So I like the, the way they, they worked that in. Yeah. I honestly, honestly, probably, probably the most seriously I've ever seen anyone takes such a ridiculous character. And I, I thought they did a great job with it. It makes me really, really want a movie version. of oh, Mixie's yeah. Pitalik. That would be so good. Uh, so yeah, we've had, we've had nothing but good uh, Mixies on Supergirl in my opinion. Um, <laughs> well, I guess that's going to do it for our kind of rundown on all these different Mixies. So Bill, who would you say is like the greatest of all time in, in terms of Mixie? Who's your favorite? I think, um, Mixie's Pitalek. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no. I think I think before today, I would have said Gilbert Gottfried, uh, just because I thought the stories were the strongest, and I thought his performance was great, and it really fit the character. I'm kind of Mixie's Pitalek is kind of doing an Im- impersonation of him, <laughs> but but after watching the Tom Lennon episode of Supergirl, I'm gonna have to say Tom Lennon. Like I I loved him in the state. I've loved a ton of stuff he does. He was in, you know, 13 going on 30. He's written a ton of movies like Night at the Museum. Great comedic actor, uh, Dangle on Reno 911. And I think he just steps in here and makes a ridiculous, a blatantly ridiculous concept really, really work both for the show and for, you know, someone like me who might still be about a season behind. Yeah, I think his his mixie is really really good. So I think that's a good choice. I for me though, I think I would say Gilbert Gottfried because I just mm-hmm. when I hear his voice come out of that little weird looking character, it just it makes so uh, it makes my heart happy. So I think I'm gonna yeah. say Gilbert Gottfried because I didn't realize he had actually done the voice in ju- uh, on Justice League Action as well. And so when yeah, I saw that him there, me too. yeah. I was like, oh, he's back. This is so comforting <laughs> for me. I don't know why, but uh, it, it comforts mm-hmm. me when I hear Gilbert Gottfried come out of that weird little imp character. Uh, Which is so- weird to say for Gilbert Gottfried's voice that it comforts you. I don't think anyone has said that ever in the history of anything. No, he has <laughs> a very unique voice, but uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I just I find it so it's like comfort food for me to to see his mixie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. All right. So if uh, if uh, people in the chat, if you have a favorite mixie, let us know who your favorite is is uh but i think uh to wrap up our mixy discussion i think we should do uh some snap judgments because we have some uh mixy uh related snap judgments in the game of snap judgments each person is presented with two options but must only choose one first instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary Okay, so we do have some Mixie-related snap judgments, so if you are in the live chat, you can play along with us as we make our tough choices. So, uh, Bill, if you were Mixie's Pitalik, would mm-hmm. you rather be a screenwriter to do write any story you wanted to, or yeah. would you want to be a film director and be able to make whatever film you wanted to make? I think I think screenwriter, uh, just because I'm an idea guy, execution, managing people 
can get under my skin sometimes. I'd rather just be like, hey, I want a flying unicorn that uh, shoots uh, candy canes out of its eyes. And then it just happens. Like that, <laughs> that, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, would you want to have a magical typewriter? Would you um, be into that? Or would you want to have a magical something else? I, I think... I think, yeah, I'd like a magical typewriter, like uh, one that could sort of manifest reality as I'm typing it. It would save a lot on budgets for sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess poofing it into existence is a little easier. You don't have to actually do any typing. Exactly. I think I would be a film director. I think uh, being able mm -hmm. to uh, do whatever scene, if I want to, you know, have somebody upside down or if I want to have somebody mm -hmm. out in the old west or whatever I want to do, uh, yeah, I would I would want to be a film director. So The important thing is you have control. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you're a mixed spittalic, you definitely have the control. All right. So our next snap judgment, if, uh, if Mixie put you in another location though, mm -hmm. if he was to transport you into another location, would you rather go to the land of Oz or would you want to go to the wild west? Oh, I think land of Oz easy. I would be dead in the wild west in about five seconds. Like I would walk <laughs> into town and 20 cowboys would shoot me down. Oz, I might stand a fighting chance as long as I meet up with a friendly flying monkey or something. Yeah, I love the Wizard of Oz. And it's definitely, uh, it's interesting about the Wizard of Oz mentioned with Mix, Mix, Mixelplick in that series. Uh, the Wizard of Oz on the CW Supergirl TV series is Kara's favorite film. So it's a, uh, it's something that's pretty cool. And there's actually a variant cover of a Supergirl comic where Supergirl is in the Wizard of Oz. So there's there's always a little bit of a Supergirl connection with the Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah, with Mixie too, there's sort of like, there in a lot of these stories we watch for tonight and a ton of other stories, there's always an element of like fairy tale that tends to come in in, in his stories. What either, you know, they're going back and meeting the actual Robin Hood or, you know, uh, something happens involving fairy tales or Mixie sets up a scene uh, just because he he's such a fanciful character, you know, of an archetype that the same archetype that Puck from Midsummer Night's Dream and, you know, very, a lot of fairy tale characters too, that offer wishes. Yes. Uh, lions who offer wishes and stuff like that. It's all that mixy archetype. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I love the wizard of Oz, but I don't, it, sometimes it scares me a little bit with the, with the, <laughs> the wicked witch and the, uh, the, the, um, what are they? The evil monkeys. Why am I blanking on what they're called? I the, just fl the, flying the, the, the flying monkeys. Yeah. Uh, that kind of scares me a little bit. I'm gonna be honest. So I'm gonna take my chances in the Wild West. I don't <laughs> know. It, that was a that was a rough time in history. People didn't live long. If they if they did live, they probably lived to maybe 30 years old, and then they died of some sort of terrible disease. Uh, but lead poisoning, <laughs> lead poisoning, or uh, dysentery, I guess, like or Oregon Trail. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I'm gonna take my chances with the wild west. Uh, okay. So last snap judgment. This is a really yeah. tough one. Which is more fun to say mix just Pitalik or any variation thereof or kill tipsism. Would you rather say it forwards or backwards? I think forwards just because I spent so long in my youth training to be able to say it properly that anytime I come up against the reverse version of it, I like stop myself for a second. I'm like, Oh, is that the right way? <laughs> So yeah, definitely mix just pitalic. Yeah, I, I think no matter how you say it, mixoplick, mix as pitalic, mix as spitlick, or mix as <laughs> I, I usually go with mix as pitalic. Uh, but it just has it, it kind of rolls off the 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 uh, the tongue there. Kill tipsism or kill tick sixum, like it's harder to say. So I, I think it's I more will, fun to say. I, 
I will say in that Superman encyclopedia I mentioned earlier, I got a reprint version of it a couple of years ago. Mix is Pitalik is the official pronunciation within the encyclopedia. So mix I mean, yes, not yes, mix yes, mix yes, mix yes, Pitalik, mix yes, Pitalik. Ah, uh, okay, all right. So we have the official pronunciation from Bill. Thank you so much, and I guess uh, that's going to wrap up Snap Judgments, and uh, we'll be back and do some blogs. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. Thank you so much, uh, Bill, for being with me for this character spotlight on Mix Yes Mix Yes Pitalik. Uh, we had some, we had some trouble there at the beginning with uh, Mix Yes Pitalik, uh, so we we had to kind of get through that to to take that nuisance out of the live stream. Uh, but thank you for joining me and, and going through all that history and uh, helping me out with that. A lot of fun. Thank you for you're 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 the most magical being that I know. So I think it was fitting for you to come and. Uh, well, talk- well, thank you, Rebecca. I think so too about me. Uh, <laughs> and you know, Miksha's Pitalik, he he just he shows up randomly, he causes havoc, and then he goes away. I don't know why it happens, but uh oh, uh oh, uh are we are oh hey, no, he's hey, back. Hey, he's are you guys talking you about me to, again? You need to go away. Hey, you, you you already you had get... your time on the live stream. You need to get out of here. Well, you guys can't keep talking about me without me being here. That's rude, right? Okay, that's I, fifth that's dimensional true. people aren't rude. We like we did guys. talk about your name. Now get out of here. Get out of here. Bring Bill back. We need Chris to wrap this live up. Oh, Hi. He's that guy. God, not again. I know. He sent me to the fifth dimension, though it's pretty cool. Oh, geez, Louise. Every 90 <laughs> minutes that guy pops up. Uh, well, I guess we need to wrap up this live stream so he doesn't come back. So, Bill, what's the best way for our listeners uh, to keep up with you and follow what you're doing? I think, uh, you know, just going to BillMeeks.com or following me anywhere on social media at Bill Meeks. Um, right now, I'm, I'm doing a new uh, podcast series. My first fan cast in about three years. It's called Weird TV, and we cover, you know, weird uh, TV pilots, uh, network specials, made-for-TV movies, anything that's been on TV, and it's weird. It's brand new. Uh, second episode is coming out tomorrow. Uh, you can check that out at BillMeeks.com slash WeirdTV. And uh, if, if you want to, we love getting feedback. We always tell you what the next week episode is going to be. And uh, you can uh, call us 424-274-2352. Hit us up on email, weirdtvpodcast at gmail.com, or uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Bill Meeks. And I will say next week, we're doing a Mr. T primetime special. Uh, there'll be a link on the website if you want to send some feedback, and I'd love it. There's there's nobody who is more of an expert on weird things than Bill Meeks. Uh, so definitely go subscribe Absolutely. to Weird TV uh, to learn more it's about my the, brand. Yes, but, but, uh, to learn more about the the weird TV that Bill is watching. Um, so that's awesome. I'm glad you're getting back into the podcasting game. Uh, you were missed, so I'm glad you're getting back into it and sharing sharing your knowledge about Weird TV with the rest of us, so we can learn from. Your I know expertise. a lot about weird. Yeah, I know yeah. A lot about 
felt weird. Yeah, so I'm glad you're sharing that with the world. All right, well, uh, let's get to some DC TV podcast plugs and some Supergirl Radio plugs. There's some in there. So uh, we'll get to some of those plugs and we'll be right back. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you. Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say you can say that on DC TV After Dark. We don't say that here, uh, but you mm-hmm. could. If you, that's kind of their thing. Is they they do some cussing over there. It's uh, I, one of the categories. I, I said it in my heart like three times. I hope that's okay. It wasn't out loud. That's a, that's okay in your heart. That's okay. fine. That's totally Perfect. fine. Uh, well, speaking of the DC TV podcast, T Public Store, we do have a, a mix. Uh, is mixes Pitalik, uh design? I'm trying to say it the <laughs> official DC way. Uh, we do have a design in there. So if you want a mixy T-shirt or mug or what have you, uh, we do have it in there. So check it out if you would like. Uh, we also would like to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, that list is Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Armgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, and forgive me if I mispronounce this, please let me know if I did. Ziwi Hung Shao. Uh, so please let me know if I mispronounced that. But thank you all for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, you can go do that if you would like to become a patron. Uh, go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. It keeps the podcast lights on so we can do things like character spotlights and uh, have a little fun with it. Uh, so you'll get extra bonus content. You get your your regular Supergirl Radio uh, fun stuff uh, in the podcast feed. But you get some little extra things uh, with uh, the Patreon. So uh, spice. A little, a little spice. You get a little behind the scenes kind of yeah. more more stuff in there if you want to go uh, support us on the Patreon. Also, as a reminder, we'll, we've still got our uh, flat Supergirl contest going. We're going to do that until the series is over. So we've got some time. Uh, let's see. You can download and print the flat Supergirl image, which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or the right side of SupergirlRadio.com. All you got to do is cut out. Uh, you got to download the image, cut it out 
out, attach it with tape or glue, uh, the cutout image to a popsicle stick or pen or pencil. You can kind of do whatever you want in that regard. You know, make sure, just make sure you can take her with you. Uh, take a creative picture with Flat Supergirl. You could do it as a selfie, but you don't have to. Uh, but just make sure you post a picture as many as you'd like to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and make sure to tag at Supergirl Radio and use the hashtag hashtag supergirl adventures so definitely have fun with that we've got that going we'll have a little prize at the end we'll pick our favorite picture uh so get creative with it if uh if you uh want to to play along uh, if you want to uh, keep up with me, you can follow me on the Instagram at the Derby Kid. I take the occasional picture over there. Uh, you can follow me also and sub- subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I am currently still in my big project of uh, reading through 38 reviews of the uh, Rotten Tomatoes top critics reviews of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, it's been a real eye-opening, Bill. Uh, I, it's uh, it's quite, quite the journey that I've gone on, and I, I've got a lot longer to go. Uh, so if you want to come and read some reviews with me and analyze them, it's uh, Sundays usually at 4 p.m. Eastern. So definitely uh, come and join me. On your journey. On my journey to figure out just what the heck these people think and why <laughs> why do they think what they think. Uh, so if you enjoy that, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so you can come and hang out with me on the live stream, much like this one. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I think there's only one way to end this live stream. So I'm just going to go kill Tipsy's. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.